Hello, good afternoon once more. Welcome to Madame Monica's podcast. Again, we are following up our podcast, the previous podcast on gifted learners. Now, this afternoon, we want to look at mental retardation in young learners. And I hope by the end of this podcast, you'll have learned something about mental retardation or sometimes also called intellectual disability in young children or in children generally. As teachers, we need to understand children who are mentally retarded or intellectually disabled so that we can be in a position to help them achieve the best they can in a school system. Now, mental retardation or intellectual disability is identified when a child has below average intelligence or a child lacks the skills necessary for daily life as compared to the average in a given age group. Normal children are supposed to have an intelligence quotient beginning from 85 IQ points and above. But children who are intellectually disabled usually have less than 75 IQ points. Now, IQ points, as we learned earlier, are determined using a standardized intelligence quotient test such as the Stanford Binet Intelligence Scale. I want you to take note as teachers in the training that no, it, 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 IQ is not measured using the normal achievement tests that we give our learners in class. So please don't rush to level students who fall below average in your achievement tests as intellectually disabled. You need a standardized test in order to determine a mentally retarded child. However, we can also observe them and see from their conduct whether they fall within the average or below average in their intellectual functioning. A person with mental retardation or intellectual disability has limitations in two main areas. The first one is in intellectual ability and the second major area is in adaptive behaviors. Now in the intellectual ability includes things like the ability to attend to incoming stimuli, to perceive things around the environment, to make Make, make sense out of incoming stimuli to store information that is memory and the ability to retrieve information from the mind. Intellectual ability also has to do with the ability to process information in the mind. Now, adaptive behaviors include things like being able to communicate, being able to interact with others, to take care of oneself, and uh, generally 
For example, we usually expect that at four years of age, a child should be able to put on his own shoes and tie his own shoelaces. He should be able to feed himself. A a four-year-old should be able to carry himself to the toilet and take care, I mean, generally go to the toilet and take care of himself there and come back. He may need support, but not too much. A child who is suffering, who is deficient in adaptive behaviors, will not be able to carry himself to the toilet. He can't bathe himself. He can't even feed himself. If you find a three-year-old who cannot put food in her mouth, then you have to look at that child as someone who is mentally retarded. Now, as secondary school teachers, we may not come across this kind of learners very much because the school system in most cases will have weeded them out. But certainly in your class, you might find that learner who is slow. Now, slow learners are not the same as mentally retarded learners. There are learners that are slow. They take long, but eventually they get there. They learn whatever is being taught. But then there is this one who is just not able to break through a certain ceiling in learning. And that one is the one we can say is intellectually disabled or mentally retarded. Now, what are some of the signs of mental retardation or intellectual disability in a learner? Uh, um, A learner who is intellectually disabled usually has a low attention span. From our school curriculum, we understand that in a secondary school, each single lesson is about 40 minutes long. But we also expect the average secondary school student to be able to attend to a double lesson. Or in some instances, especially those involved in practical skills like fine art, they can go up to three lessons. I mean, three 40-minute lessons, and we expect them to concentrate. A child who has a low attention span cannot attend to intellectual matter for more than 20 minutes on average. And that is why you find that in special schools, the lessons that these students attend to do not exceed 20 minutes for the whole day. They are not expected to engage in intellectual matter for more than 20 minutes in a whole day. So you can see that inability to attend to an incoming stimulus for a long time or low attention span is an indicator of mental retardation in a child. Poor memory is another indicator of mental retardation in a given child. Child who cannot remember things that happened when we expect at his age he should be able to remember them we consider such children mentally retarded poor speech and comprehension is another indicator of mental retardation or intellectual disability in a child if at the age of four a child cannot yet form a sentence and takes long to comprehend simple instructions then we take such a child to be having a challenge in intellectual ability. Poor physical coordination is also a common indicator of mental retardation 
in young children. If you look at a child suffering from, for example, Down syndrome, you'll find that the way they walk indicates that there is something missing. They shuffle along when they try to, to throw a stone. In most cases, the stone, they, they throw it in another direction from the one they intended to throw the stone so you find such children have poor physical coordination that could be an indicator of intellectual disability childlike behavior is also common among mentally retarded children you find a 10 year old exhibiting behavior that we expect from a four-year-old child such a person such a child is intellectually disabled childlike behavior there is a difference between childlike behavior and childishness i want you to take note of this there are grown-ups who are normal i mean of average intelligence but who behave childishly such may not be categorized as intellectually disabled we put them in another group poor performance in achievement tests consistent poor performance in all subjects is also an indicator of intellectual disability in children or in learners and if we see this in a young learner, then we have to begin treating them as a special needs case. And lastly, inability to connect consequences to actions is a very clear indicator of mental retardation or intellectual disability in a child. For example, uh, a child commits a mistake and he is beaten for it. A child who is intellectually disabled will not be able to connect the beating to what he did. And next time he will continue, he will repeat the same mistake over and over and over. Inability to connect consequences to actions can also be an indicator of mental retardation or intellectual disability in a child. I want us to remember those characteristics. And if there are any others that come up, we shall be able. Of course, the other indicator is poor performance in a standardized intelligence test. Is or a sure indicator is actually a confirmation of mental retardation. Now, what are some of the causes of mental retardation in a child? One of the most important factors behind mental retardation is heredity and chromosomal aberrations. For example, a child who has Down syndrome we know has an extra chromosome in the 21st pair of chromosomes. That is a sure deal for mental retardation. We call it trisomy 21 or sometimes we call these children mongols or dwarfs so the extra the, the, the chromosomal aberration that they have indicates i mean is a cause 
for mental retardation in the case of children who have mental, I mean, who have Down's syndrome. Now, infectious diseases often result in mental retardation in young children. Diseases like rubella or German measles, fetal alcohol syndrome, syphilis, measles, meningitis, are very severe infections for young children which almost always result into poor intellectual functioning and eventual intellectual disability. Injury to the head, especially on the brain or trauma can also cause mental retardation. If a child, a young child's brain is hurt by a severe injury, in most cases they end up mentally retarded. Poor nutrition and health care are also responsible for a lot of intellectual disability in our young population. Children need to be fed well. They should have not just a balanced diet, but an adequate balanced diet. If a child is fed a balanced diet with proteins, vitamins, carbohydrates, and minerals in small quantities, such a child will still end up malnourished. If a child is fed on only carbohydrates with no proteins or very insignificant amounts of protein and vitamins, they will end up suffering mentally. So appropriate nutrition is necessary. Poor nutrition and health care are responsible for a lot of intellectual disabilities in our communities. Now, there is also congenital mental retardation, which is caused by exposure to an unfavorable uterine environment. For example, if a child is exposed to toxins while in the mother's womb, he can end up with intellectual disability. If a child is exposed to x-rays, is exposed to contraceptive chemicals while still in the mother's womb, or sometimes where fathers have been involved or exposed to toxic agents like in a war situation, they end up with defective sperm and they will end up producing children who have intellectual disability. Now, poisoning and ultra-radiation are also responsible for mental retardation. We've already talked about x-rays, we've talked about poisoning. Toxic agents can end up causing intellectual disability in a young child. Now, mental illness is also a cause of mental retardation. I would like us to take careful note that not every person who is mentally ill is mentally retarded. But mental illness can be a cause of mental retardation. We have known of mad people who are who, who make such statements that show that they are brilliant. In most cases, geniuses are thought to be mentally ill. Many people end up mentally ill, but they are not necessarily mentally retarded but mental illness can cause mental retardation especially where the illness interferes 
with the, a person's ability to internalize and to retrieve con, con, I mean, concepts from the mind. Find that the person is mentally retarded. In cases where there are severe seizures, epilepsy, we find that the person can easily become mentally retarded because of that mental illness. Once more, as teachers, we need to ask ourselves, how do we help children who have intellectual disability, who are mentally retarded or intellectually challenged? You know, some of these terms we use are very sensitive. You have to be careful as a teacher which type of terminology is accepted in a given society. In some communities, the term mental retardation is not accepted. It's, it's thought to be stigmatizing. They might prefer that you use a term like intellectual disability of or mental challenge. So how do we help these children through the school system? One of the ways we can help a mentally retarded child is through mainstreaming, meaning we put them together with other children. Let them study together so that they can benefit from those who are who are mentally apt. You know, vertical intellectual growth is a very important stimulus to intellectual ability. So when you put a child who might be, you know there are these borderline cases who have maybe 75 IQ points. If you put them in the mainstream stream classroom, they can be able to benefit from, they can be able to benefit from the teaching through what we call mainstreaming. Secondly, uh, special attention given to a child who is intellectually disabled in a normal classroom can also help him. So if a teacher is conscious that in my class I have such a, such a student who, needs, who is intellectually disabled, she may take time and give him extra attention help her with help the learner with uh, intellectual tasks in order to bring them up or at least to help them also keep along with the rest with the progress of the rest of the class so special attention can be very useful in helping mentally retarded children special schools and classes are not very popular these days but sometimes they are necessary especially in cases of profound mental retardation where children need to be institutionalized you find a 13 year old girl has no toilet training completely she cannot put on her own clothes her body is developing physically Maybe she has now reached a point where her menses flow and she can't take care of herself. We find that special schools can still be useful for intellectually disabled children. Remedial teaching is another important intervention that we can employ in our educational institutions in Uganda. We have some, some, some time after main classes, after five o'clock, there can be one hour of remedial teaching for the children, the students who are lagging behind, for example, in mathematics and other things. So remedial teaching is also an acceptable intervention for intellectual disability. Allocating less time for academic work is a very common intervention. As we mentioned earlier, the average 
length of a lesson for intellectually disabled children should be 20 minutes after 20 minutes they need an activity they need something else to engage them physically but to go on consistently after 20 minutes to teach them intellectual matter will not be beneficial to children who are intellectually disabled. Uh, simplifying the learning material is something we can also do. Re use more familiar term, you know, for more familiar terminology, make the, the, the intellectual matter or the subject matter that is being taught to them simpler and more easy to understand and integrate into the intellectual into, into the intellectual bracket, into uh, the intellectual ability of the child. So simplified learning material is a viable intervention for this kind of learners. Uh, removing demotivators and reinforcing desired behavior immediately is very effective in teaching children who are intellectually disabled and they look out for motivation especially. So as a teacher who is trained, you must be conscious that demotivating an intellectually disabled learner might destroy that learner completely in the, dis, uh, in the education system. But reinforcing them for simple things, when they give something near to the correct answer, motivate them in a way that they understand and you'll be able to pull them up intellectually. They will be, you'll be surprised at how much they can achieve. In fact, children can move from being borderline mentally retarded children to average intellectually functioning children simply through motivation. Avoid demotivating these learners, stigmatizing them, making comments that make them feel bad about themselves, making comparisons between the intellectually disabled child with the average child is terribly unfair. It will be locking up this child from the education system. And then employing various ways of teaching them so that they can use almost all the five senses in learning. They see, they touch, they smell, they hear, and everything. Employing all the senses in learning will help them master what they have to learn in a very easy way. And then we can also spend more time on a particular concept. For example, keep repeating that concept, help the child to repeat the concept and be patient. As a teacher, you must be patient with an intellectually disabled learner. They cannot move at the pace you want them to move. Be patient, take days on the same concept until the learner is able to show that they have actually mastered that particular type of intellectual content. Now, we have almost come to the end of our podcast, but one important thing I would like to emphasize in this podcast is that general mental retardation or intellectual disability might not be common to all. 
there are children who have special mental disability. A child may be able to learn how to read normally, but when it comes to learning how to write, such a child fails. A child may be able to perform very well in language learning tasks, but when it comes to mathematical computation, such a child has a special challenge. Now, in the next podcast, we are going to be looking at special deviations, special areas where children may be disabled. This can be an average child as far as intellectual ability is concerned, but may be having a very specific deviation in a particular learning area. I hope after this podcast, you'll have time to listen to our next podcast and benefit from it. Thank you very much. Have a good evening.